John 7. After this, Jesus traveled in Galilee since he did not want to travel in Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. The Jewish festival of shelters was near, so his brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples can see your works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus told them, My time has not yet arrived, but your time is always at hand. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify about it, that its works are evil. Go up to the festival yourselves. I am not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he said these things, he stayed in Galilee. After his brothers had gone up to the festival, then he also went up, not openly, but secretly. The Jews were looking for him at the festival and saying, Where is he? And there was a lot of murmuring about him among the crowds. Some were saying, He's a good man. Others were saying, No, on the contrary, he's deceiving the people. Still, nobody was talking publicly about him for fear of the Jews. When the festival was already half over, Jesus went up into the temple and began to teach. Then the Jews were amazed and said, How is this man so learned since he hasn't been trained? Jesus answered them, My teaching isn't mine, but is from the one who sent me. If anyone wants to do his will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own. The one who speaks on his own seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Didn't Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? You have a demon, the crowd responded. Who is trying to kill you? I perform one work, and you're all amazed, Jesus answered. This is why Moses has given you circumcision, not that it comes from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses won't be broken, are you angry at me because I made a man entirely well on the Sabbath? Stop judging according to outward appearances. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment. Some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, Isn't this the man they're trying to kill? Yet look, he's speaking publicly and they're saying nothing to him. Can it be true that the authorities know he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, nobody will know where he is from. As he was teaching in the temple, Jesus cried out, You know me, and you know where I am from. Yet I have not come on my own, but the one who sent me is true. You don't know him. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. Then they tried to seize him. Yet no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. However, many from the crowd believed in him and said, When the Messiah comes, he won't perform more signs than this man has done, will he? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things about him, and so the chief priests and the Pharisees sent servants to arrest him. Then Jesus said, I am only with you for a short time. Then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Then the Jews said to one another, Where does he intend to go that we won't find him? He doesn't intend to go to the Jewish people dispersed among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, does he? What is this remark he has made? You will look for me and you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. He said this about the Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. When some from the crowds heard these words, they said, This truly is the prophet. Others said, 
this is the Messiah. But some said, surely the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah comes from David's offspring and from the town of Bethlehem where David lived? So the crowd was divided because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the servants came to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him? The servants answered, No man ever spoke like this. Then the Pharisees responded to them, Are you fooled too? Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd which doesn't know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, the one who came to him previously and who was one of them, said to them, Our law doesn't judge a man before it hears from him and knows what he's doing, does it? You aren't from Galilee too, are you? They replied. Investigate and you will see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Then each one went to his house. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' day, there were three Jewish feasts every year where the people traveled to Jerusalem from wherever they lived and stayed for roughly a week. Jesus lived in Capernaum, about a hundred miles away, so his trip would have only taken a few days on foot. When the holiday was approaching, his brothers tried to convince him to publicly demonstrate his powers in front of all the people who would be in town for the feast. But they were almost certainly mocking him, because verse 5 says they didn't believe in him. In verse 7, Jesus confirmed that they were a part of the world, not the kingdom. Those who don't believe in and submit to Christ belong to the world. This must have been really hard for Jesus to have his own family reject him. He told them that he wasn't going, meaning he wasn't going on their terms. Some manuscripts also suggest that his phrasing implied the word yet, as in not yet. He went later without his disciples in tow, probably because having an entourage would attract more attention. It seems he was still trying to keep a low profile in certain settings because the last time he was in Jerusalem, when he healed the lame man at the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath, that's when the Pharisees wanted to kill him. He eventually went to the week-long feast, and while he was there, he started teaching in the temple. Typically, only the educated rabbis would do that kind of thing, and they frowned on anyone who tried to teach without being educated. But no one could deny that Jesus knew his stuff. They were amazed not only at what he knew, but at how he could possibly know it. Jesus basically said, The reason I know all this stuff is because I speak with God's authority, which is why it's completely irrational that you're trying to kill me. They accused him of having a demon, but he responded to their meritless attacks with logic and truth. Some bystanders were thinking, hmm, maybe he is the Messiah, but I don't know because the prophecies say we won't know where the Messiah comes from and we know where this guy comes from. These people were quoting a tradition as though it were prophecy. But what the prophecies actually say in Micah 5.2 is that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. They had their wires crossed. As he was being attacked and doubted, Jesus leaned into the authority of God the Father, submitting to his role as the Son. The people tried to capture him, but again he escaped. Verse 30 says it's because his hour had not yet come. God was working things out according to his perfect timing, demonstrating his sovereignty over the enemy's efforts to stop him. But he promised that, as the days ticked on, the Spirit would come and flow from people's hearts like living water. None of this made sense to anyone at the time, though, because they didn't understand what would happen with the Holy Spirit after Jesus died and resurrected and ascended back to heaven. That was still a ways off. But he was setting them up to understand his words retrospectively. His prophecies resonated with some people, like Nicodemus, but infuriated others. Jesus had a way of speaking the truth that was divisive among strangers and leaders and even among his own family. But for those whose hearts aligned with the truth, 
He brought immeasurable peace, even in the chaos and division, because He's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWay. LifeWay. 